We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Lucky Lefty is on CFB Nation, presented by Twisted T. Well, you know, we're going to talk about what Urban Meyer had to say, because honestly, <laughs> Urban Meyer said what we said earlier this spring, so I don't have a problem right. with it. But special right. guest, big brother to both of us, we welcome from the Big Ten Network, Howard Griffith, to the Lucky Lefty Podcast. What's up, big bro? What's up, fellas? You see what's going on in the back, right? You see what's going on in the back. That's right. So, you know, I keep the love going. (laughs) I keep the love going. That's right. Yo, we still say that that is the best Shamrock jersey. Yeah, this thing is dope. That's one of the best Shamrock jerseys. It's top two. Top two for sure. Bro, they come up with some stuff, man. I, I got to give it to Indy. They come up with some very creative things with jerseys, T-shirts, just everything about them. You know, you guys know that. So let me ask, were you shocked when you knew that they had Under Armour, Nike, and Adidas vying for their services? Did you expect Notre Dame to stay with Under Armour in that relationship? I'm, I'm not surprised, right? Because this is a long, long-lasting relationship that long-lasting they've had. And you, you think about Notre Dame, they're about relationships. I mean, it's not always about all the money. It's, it's about the relationships and how they can continue to be a, which they are, a unique brand. And, and Under Armour gives them that. I mean, you can talk about Nike and you can talk about the Nike schools, the elite schools that they have. But, you know, that... That forces you to be lumped in, you know, with the Ohio states of the world. You know, so I don't think that's where they would necessarily want to be. They want to be their own entity. And I think Under Armour, I mean, we can complain about the shoes all we want to. The kids <laughs> can complain about them, too. But it, it is just uh, it's one of those relationships that um, just continues to show just it's not always about all the money that's out there that's being offered. We're definitely uh, uh, their their Drake if this was a music label. <laughs> yes, I can be with if, that. If we were Universal, we that we would be Drake. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Hey, hey, bro! I watched uh, that Big Ten West matchup last Ooh. night, and I, and, I, 
I went to the schedule and um and marked down two W's for our boys. Two W's for IU. I, 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 I went to our Illinois schedule and was like, okay, that's a W. That's another dub. Bro, it, it was it was uh and you guys do such let me tell you something. You and Coach Donardo, you guys do such a fabulous job with those camp reports. And honestly. Minnesota and Nebraska were two of the best shows. I was intrigued by both, and yeah. I really thought these are two programs that can really make some noise this year. And I was really disappointed with what I saw the property. You know, I, I'd say this. I'd say both programs obviously have some, some issues. You look at Minnesota, uh, they are totally changing who they are, who they've been the last couple of years. Uh, when you think about running the ball 60% of the time on first downs, uh, they just weren't do that, didn't do that last night. And it didn't seem like they were even trying to do that. So I think they're trying to find their way. Either they were going against a scheme that they didn't think they were going to have much success with, or they just decided uh, that this is not who they're going to be. But I think they're going to have to ultimately be able to find some balance uh, with that run game because the off- offensive line, they, they've got to be able to show up. And on the other side, you think about this Nebraska team, right? I think, one of the things we were looking for was that they would have some uh, discipline instilled in them. And, and I'm not saying that they don't, but we saw some of the same mistakes and some of the same penalties that they were doing a year ago. And once again, I think they're 2-14 and 14 in one score game, something like that. It, it's, it's crazy. So, you know, they had the game in their hands uh, and, and really couldn't close it out. But you think about this, four turnovers on the road, seven penalties, Uh, you're not going to win many games playing like that on the road. If you're stressed about buying tickets or doing some last-minute ticket hunting to college football games, concerts, comedy shows, your favorite activities, Game Time is the place for you. They take the stress out of buying tickets. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code CFBNATION for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. And again, create an account and redeem code CFBNATION for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. That's GameTime.co. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Just, I was surprised. I looked around, and that was the best thing about Notre Dame and the way they played against Navy. It was, in my opinion, it was a very, very clean game. Mm-hmm. And that's really the only thing I'm looking for against Tennessee State tomorrow. Just a clean, yeah. I don't care about the score, <laughs> efficient, clean, we, yeah, yeah, injury-free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Optics, how yeah. it looks. Score, we're not, we're not too worried about, mm-hmm. you know. But if we play the efficient way that we know we can, yeah. I'm feeling good about Ohio State. Yeah. I'll put the money down because that's this will be the most efficient and confident offensive unit we've had in a long time. Yeah, going into I, a game where we're not going to hold the ball all day. We're going to run it until we get to the one-inch line then try to throw it. This <laughs> might be a game where we'll say, all right, Ohio State, we'll take the challenge. We might try to score 28 points in the first half. Can you catch up? Now, <laughs> Sam Hartman might be like, can you catch up, Kyle McCord? Because you yeah. splitting time. Yeah. You splitting time with Devin Brown. This is uh, – I, I think this is – you're right. Get through tomorrow. Get through tomorrow's game clean, uh, which, you know, I expect them to be able to do, talking about Notre Dame, uh, and, and really get fired up for, for that next matchup that they have when they have an opportunity to go against Ohio State. Because right now, you know, I had Ohio State after our camp visits. I had them third in the east behind Michigan, Penn State, and then I had Ohio State. And it's, it's not that I think that they can't beat those two teams. I, I just felt like – the questions that Ohio State still has right now, they've got questions at quarterback. The offensive line has not been as dominant as they need to be. Uh, you know, we talk about offensive lines. You talk about the Joe Morrow Award, right? Ohio State has never – I shouldn't say never. They weren't a finalist last year, and it seemed like Illinois was a finalist. So you start to look at things like that, giving up the big plays on the defensive side of the, the football. Um, they've got to find a way to slow things down over there. And – so when I look at them, you know, there are a lot of questions. But is this team talented? Absolutely. If you make mistakes again against them, will they be able to take advantage of it? Yeah. And you mentioned the quarterback. When we saw them, they still hadn't really uh, separated themselves. Uh, so, you know. I, and it's I don't, not going to happen by week no, four. No, it's not. And I tell you, the other thing that's going to happen, though, um, I also say this about the quarterbacks. This is the same way. Um, Justin Fields, look, he was struggling in the spring, struggled in the summer. That This is this is historically uh, under Ryan Day, when you see these new quarterbacks coming into Ohio State, they struggle. That first couple of – Strouds did too in his first uh, couple of weeks. People wanted to bench him. So I think they'll figure it out, but it is a, it is a tall task when you look at just how much talent they have in that wide receiver room. People want to see that the ball is coming out, and I don't know that you're going to be able to get all those answers at least early in the season. They're definitely going to be under some pressure because you got to feed Marvin Harrison Jr. 
yeah. but you're going to be feeding him with a baby spoon because he got a starter <laughs> that's never been in there before. If if Marvin Harrison Jr. was on Notre Dame, we'd probably win the Ooh. championship. I'll probably put the money down right now. <laughs> <laughs> right now. Oh, we got what? Man, that dude is so, – Hey, yo, let, let me let me tell you something, man. I I am um, personally attached to uh, this Ohio State team uh, emotionally because of uh, our guy Carnell Tate mm-hmm. and what he has had to go through recently with yeah. the loss of his mother and how you you're here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. You you know all the crazy mm-hmm. stuff that's going yep. on now. Like I tell people all do, the, all these armed robberies happening late at night. And we're not talking about the roughest neighborhoods. They're happening yeah. in like pristine north. <laughs> yeah, Street of Ville. Street of Ville. River North. River North, Bucktown. Yeah. And it is really crazy right now. And, you know, I'm happy that they found the two, two guys that were responsible for it. And I spoke to him and it took a little weight off of his his shoulders, but you know, just a lot to still deal with with the family back here in Chicago and his siblings. So I, I'm in a rock and a hard place, man, because I really want Cardell. I've heard great things about him in camp and how he's bust on the scene as a true freshman. Uh, when you were there, you know, what did you hear about <laughs> Cardell and? and <laughs> hey, man, I'm gonna tell you what, man. When and this really didn't start to happen, I think, until Ryan Day got there and, and Brian Hartline as well started coaching that group. Um, you see these guys, if you watch Ohio State's wide receivers, mm-hmm. going back a few years, um, you, you don't see guys attack the football with their hands the way these guys do. The separation, their route running ability is incredible. You know, I think one of the reasons we talk so much about uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. and they talk about him being a a top five, top two pick in this upcoming draft is that this kid is 6'4", 6'3", 6'4". And he runs routes like he's 5'11". I mean, he doesn't – he can sink his hips. You you don't know when he's getting ready to uh, go into a break. You don't don't know any of that when he's trying to run a comeback. He runs like, you know, he's he's under six foot. So he really has great body control. And then you talk about being able to go up and just attack the football in the air. And these dudes, I mean, you watch this group. They go get it with their hands, and and they're able to keep it out of the way from the defenders and – and Tate is the same way. And what's going to be crazy is you think about this. He's the number three receiver for all practical purposes. But you take him anywhere else in the country, he's probably the number one, except for maybe a couple places. But that that wide receiver room is going to be incredible. You're going to see them motion people around. Uh, you got to believe they're going to move uh, Harrison around a lot just to be able to make sure they can get easy throws to him. Get the confidence going with the quarterback. I feel a lot of screens. Yeah. They gonna have a lot to of run. that stuff. It's gonna be a lot of that stuff until the until they get comfortable because you know they're really not gonna be tested. You know, really when when they play against Indiana, Indiana's gonna put up a good fight and they'll give them, but they're just not deep enough. Um, so you would expect Ohio State to be able to really control the game, but those receivers and, and allow those quarterbacks to to kind of settle in to where they need to be. 
So we go to the Notre Dame freshman receivers that showed well against mm-hmm. Navy. But, of course, oh. as Jared Parker says, they didn't have a lot of conflict at the line of scrimmage as they move further into the schedule. Mm-hmm. That conflict is on the way. Yes. And they know that. But just the fact that development of wide receivers, freshmen getting on the field early at Notre Dame, something new that's coming under Marcus Freeman and Jared mm-hmm. Parker as an O.C., just talk about that. Talk about what you can expect and the importance. Because like Deion Cozy said, when you have a quarterback like Sam Hartman, it might make that development of those young wide receivers a whole lot better yeah. to transition than previous years when you had guys like Tyler Buckner in that position, Jim yeah. Pine, mm-hmm. that were kind of troublesome at the quarterback position. Yeah, I'd say this. I think, it, I think if you're going to recruit at the very highest level, which is where Notre Dame wants to be, right? So now you're talking about you, you talk about the Alabamas, you talk about Ohio State, right? You talk about what's happening in Georgia, Clemson to a certain extent, USC. To me, one of the main things you have to be able to do is you have to find ways to get, particularly, you know, at those skill positions and, and even in the D line linebackers. But you have to find a way to get these guys, you know, five to ten reps every game. And I'm talking about your young players, your, your true freshmen that are these elite guys. If they're ready to go, you got to find a way to get them on the field. And, you know, I learned this from Urban Meyer. And he said, because this is what you have to be able to do. Because first of all, right now, particularly, right, the transfer portal is right there. So if I'm a young guy that wants to play and I'm unhappy with what's going on, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going right to the office. Dude, I, I, you're not even getting me involved. Why am I staying here? So you're forcing the coach's hands. But I think when you can say, hey, listen, we're going to get you five to ten plays every game, not during garbage time, but every game. The cumulative balance of that is by the time you get to the end of the season, after the midway point as well, not only have you developed confidence in those young players, they have confidence, but their teammates believe that they can go make plays because they've seen them do it in critical times, not just in garbage times. So I think that's what you have to be able to do when you're recruiting at a high level. You have to find a way to get these players on the field, meaningful reps. Don't tell me anything about the scheme that they haven't. They don't understand the scheme. and They don't understand that. Because to me, when I hear coaches say that, that tells me you're not coaching. Because figure it out. It's not, it's not the scheme. Figure out how you make sure that this player understands the scheme and understands the package. That's what the coach has to be able to do, and that's how you compete at the highest levels. You know what stood out to me? You understand everything that happened with Notre Dame and Andy mm-hmm. Ludwig yeah. in, in the offseason. I'm watching mm-hmm. Utah, and I'm sitting here, and I'm thinking about the quarterback position and the lack of development that existed at Notre Dame over the years. And I'm looking at Andy Ludwig, and I say to myself, you know what? He doesn't produce NFL quarterbacks. But gosh darn it, every quarterback that comes through that system can mm-hmm. play in his system. Yeah. yeah. Meaning if a quarterback goes down, look, Ryzen went down in the Rose Bowl two years ago mm-hmm. in the third quarter. Barnes, who started last night, came in in that Rose Bowl and led them right down the field for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And I said to myself, you know what? It's about whether or not you can develop guys to play in your system. Now, you're not trying to develop stars so mm-hmm. much if you're a college coach. You're trying to get guys to play in your system. 
Mm-hmm. That's that's the main thing. And so when you talk about the quarterback position and you hear Urban Meyer, you know, put out a little dig at Notre Dame a couple of days ago saying, I'm shocked that Notre Dame has to go to the portal. We know it's a new era. And, hey, they've gone. They had to go get Jack Cone, right? Then they had to come back and go get Sam Hart. But they do have Kenny Mitchie, which is a great pickup mm-hmm. in the 23 class. Yep. They have C.J. Carr, who's a top kid mm-hmm. in the 24 class. And then mm-hmm. they're on they're on Deuce Knight from down in Tennessee right now with yep. the 25 class. So they're mm-hmm. starting to change that trend. How do you feel about this quarterback situation? Because now you see Alabama had to go to the portal to get a quarterback. And you're seeing other top-notch programs having to go to the portal. Have things changed to where no program can just stick to recruiting when it comes to the quarterback situation? Yeah, I think it's hard to do. I think if you have – I think there are a couple things that work, right? I think if, you, if you're going for that elite quarterback that's out mm-hmm. there, you better be able to identify him early in the process. You have yeah. to start those relationships early in the process because if you wait – to their junior summer, oh, forget yeah. it. You're not. You're not even in the game. You don't have a chance. Um, and, and that's one of the things that happens. But on the flip side of that, you now can go into the portal and say, you know what? I like this kid over here. Why don't you come over here and play for us? Matter of fact, we got some NIL money for you or collective, whatever, whichever side of the fence you're on with that. Um, you know, we got some over here for you because now you know that that kid can actually play in big games. So you should still be able to recruit the young people into your, cause it's a delicate balance. I mean, if you're, yeah. if you're going to recruit the high level guys and you're all of a sudden they don't pan out and then you're immediately going to go to the portal and grab a guy that's going to come in and, and be with you for, you know, eight months or so, you know, that that's going to affect your recruiting. It, it's yeah. going to have an effect on your recruiting uh, the high school kids. But again, they have to start those relationships very early, identifying those players. But if you're if you're close, which Notre Dame is going to be every year, right? They're going to be every year. They're going to be in the middle of a conversation. The difference becomes: Do you have a guy under center or in the shotgun that is a difference maker? And when you talk about being able to spread the field, get get your young people the football, get your veterans the ball, whatever you need to do. You got to go make that happen because I, I think one of the great things about Notre Dame is it, it, you can't lose, <laughs> right? It's, it, it's the pressure is immense, right? You, you can't lose. There's no conference championship. And sure, you can get away. You lose a game early and you could play your way back in it because of the scheduling. But at its core, you know, it's you can't lose. So you have to have that guy on the center that makes a difference for you. that can extend plays and make things happen. It's interesting you say that because I think about Sam Hartman coming in. There was a moment in the fourth quarter. You know, Sam Hartman's playing, playing. And I pointed out to a couple people, I said, Sam Hartman kind of, the moment kind of hit him. He was on the sideline and he looked up and you could see him just looking around, taking everything in like, yo, I'm over in Ireland. (laughs) And this stadium is packed. Like, uh-huh. Yep. This ain't Wake Forest. Yeah. And 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 he took in the moment, like, okay, mm-hmm. this is a this is a little bit different. And I just think I'm gonna be honest. I think the portal is going to explode even more with the expansion. 
with teams, more teams feeling like they have a possibility of making it to the college football playoff, I think teams are going to be even more aggressive going after quarterbacks and going after skilled, talented other schools. And the portal, Mike, we think it's crazy now with players being left and not finding teams. I think it's going to be even more aggressive as we move forward. Well, you know, the interesting thing, you talk about the players not being able to find teams. I think everybody wants to go play at a place that's better than the place that they're leaving, right? Nobody's necessarily looking to go down. But I can tell you this, um, Minnesota talked about it. Uh, Maryland, when I was there, they talked about it. They talked about going and getting guys from lower levels. Two reasons, right? They know that that they've proven that they can play. Now they want to be able to prove that they can play on the big stage. And then the appreciation aspect of it, right? So now all of a sudden you got a guy from, you know, Western Michigan that gets – that all of a sudden now at Minnesota playing in big games, comes up with a huge catch last night. And, you know, they're appreciative of all the things that go along with being a part of a better program that has more resources than the place you just left. So when you talk about, you know, Sam Hartman, you talk about stepping up and stepping onto the big stage and one of the biggest stages of, of all college football. Every time he walks on the field, his name is going to be the first one out of people's mouths. When you talk leading up to the week, how's he going to play? How's he adjusting? This is what it's about. And, you know, you need to be poised. It takes time to learn that. The Ohio State quarterbacks are going through that right now. Right. It's a big thing, not just to be a starting quarterback, but to be the starting quarterback at a program that's expected to compete for championships is a totally different, different level and a totally, you know, more pressure than, than I think a lot of people, you know, really understand. So will the portal continue to, to, to explode? Absolutely. Because listen, man, there were, there were reports out there that, you know, there were some schools that were offering $5 million to one of the best receivers uh, in the country to come join their program. I mean, you have all kinds of things. People know that this is really, it's free agency is really what it is. I mean, yeah. if you need that quarterback, if you need that receiver, you need that left tackle, you can go into the portal and you can find them. And that person will automatically give you the ability to to really add some more firepower uh, to your to your program. And Michigan is a key example. When you look two years in a row, they won the Joe Moore Award and shoot, the last two years, including through last three years now, they've gone into the portal and been able to bring a guy in who's been a huge plus for them on the offensive line. Absolutely. Once again, Lucky Lucky Podcast. My big brother Howard Griffith joins us, Big Ten Network. As you can see, he's repping Notre Dame with the <laughs> Shamrock jersey behind him. But don't get it twisted. That dude is the real deal because if you look over his right shoulder, he's showing off with that sports Eddie. You see, you see that sports Eddie. I was just part of a team. <laughs> they let me be on the team. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. 
It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. <laughs> so, bro, we would be remiss if uh, two Illinois alums yeah. didn't dedicate <laughs> a little bit of time to Brett Bielema yeah. and the squad down in Champaign yeah. now. I, I've been hearing some things from uh from little birdies down there that mm-hmm. one of our Chicago kids, Malik Elsey, is uh has been putting in work. And you know, you guys stop by there and we know the defensive line is gonna be pretty good. And I'm hearing that we got a sophomore cornerback that might make people forget about Mr. Weatherspoon in a year <laughs> or two. And I'm trying not to get too excited. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I'm trying not to get out over my skis. Uh, that game last night made me feel real good. <laughs> yes. It made me feel real good. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I was feeling good. And then that dark Kate McNamara went to Iowa and I said, oh. <laughs> I said, all right. <laughs> this this West is going to be a little tougher. And then, of course, you know, you see Wisconsin change staff and yeah. change direction. How do you think this this Big Ten West is going to play out in, in, in Illinois Woo. and Brett Bielema? What steps do they need to take to improve? Man, first of all, I think the, the West truly is wide open. Um, you know, the majority of the teams there are, are breaking in new quarterbacks. Uh, the only team that's probably not in it right now is Northwestern, but you know that's because they got a lot of other things going on as well. Um but when you look at Illinois right now, I think they've got a capable quarterback that's going to be able to make a lot of plays for them. You mentioned Elsley. I, I think the sky is the limit. Uh, they're going to put as much on his plate as he can handle. Mm-hmm. And, and part of being able to handle that is also being, you know, away from the field. If you're right. going to be the star, you're going to also have to, you know, you got to put the work in everywhere, not just at, at the football building. And I'm not trying to say that he's not doing that right now. But when true freshmen come to campus, there's there's a lot of things pulling at them. So, you know, I, I think the sky's the limit. There's a lot more to do. There's yeah. a lot more to do on that campus than it was when we were down there. Oh, yeah. I, I think that, um, you know, the sky's the limit for him. I think he can have a huge year. But, again, it's going to be about him, you know, really being able to dial in and be focused on what he needs to do on the field. You know, they arguably, when you look at their defensive line, they got one of the best defensive line uh, in college football, um, they can rush the passer. They're going to be dominated against the run. So this would be a good test for them when they go against Toledo because Toledo's offensive line, it, it's a good offensive line. and they're, they're not pushovers. So they're going to try to run the ball at Illinois, but Illinois should have enough up front to uh, be able to control that game from that, that respect. But I think the sky's the limit for them. I think they're obviously, to me, one of the best teams in the West, and they should be right in the middle of it. But again, I think it'll come down to to what quarterback play is like. I, I'm gonna tell you, just in Indiana at Purdue, this Hudson Carr kid is from uh, Texas. 
is the real deal. That dude can sling it now. Yeah. And he can run. So he's going to be able to keep a lot of plays available uh, alive, unlike they were able to do last year. But, you know, they're going to throw it around. It's still yeah. uh, with Graham Harrell calling the offense over there. It's, it's going to be wide open. It's going to be scary uh, to watch. You talk about Wisconsin, the same thing, right? They've, they've got a, a new quarterback that's coming in, but they still have Allen there. And they you want to run, you know, uh, spread offense, spread out offense. They, they, they're going to throw it around a lot. But what's scary when you think about that with them is now you're talking about Allen and that extra man in the box really isn't yeah. in the box. He's going to be a, be a little bit further away. So you're talking about a lot of one-on-one plays that defenders are going to have to make versus Allen. And I don't know how many of those they're going to win. So he's going to have a lot of space to run when you look at the, what this air raid offense can, can possibly turn into. Keep more moments with our guy, Howard Griffith. I don't want to hear nothing else. Mm-hmm. I'm not, yeah, let me get out of my professional mode. <laughs> I don't want to hear nothing else about James Franklin if he don't get it done this year. Bro, nothing else. This is it. This is it. I'm, I'm tired of hearing about Penn State and James Franklin and the job he's doing. Well, look. You're stacked. You're stacked. You're mm-hmm. stacked this year. Man. Put up a shut up. That's it. Either Man. you prove that you're an elite coach coming off that Rose Bowl, either you prove you're an elite coach, or mm-hmm. we have to tell the truth about you. Yeah, and I think the the one of the things that's tough about his narrative, right, is that he's got to go against Ohio State and Michigan every year. And when Ohio State and Michigan are are clicking on all cylinders, you still got to be able to outcoach him and, and, and outplay him. So he's but in they position. Were, think about it, though. He's in that's, position. That's, that's the issue. They are always in position, especially against Ohio State. Yeah. They had Ohio State yeah. in the fourth quarter at home last year. Yeah, they're, they're in position. And right now, I mean, they probably had their best offensive line that they've had since absolute. we've been covering them. And left tackle is an absolute yeah. – he he is you know he's 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 that guy. Um, Aller, the quarterback is. <laughs> I think he has a chance to be special too. Another one of those young players that was forced into to getting a lot of meaningful minutes in, in yeah. a lot of games, uh, and also started some games on the road. Started the game on the road, so you know he's a guy that that can make plays. I think they helped themselves in the transfer portal at the wide receiver spot. Defensively, whoo man. Man. This could be their best defense that, that they have. Manny Diaz is you talk about having the second year in a system, uh, and he has some better players than he had last year. And this Abdul Carter, whew, and they talk about the guys wearing going back to <laughs> wearing number eleven. Um, man, this dude is special. Man, he he is special, and he's going to wreak havoc uh, in in the not only in the run game but in the pass game too. You know, he's not he doesn't have the size of LeVar Arrington, but he is. I mean, the quickness that he has, uh, the ability to to play in coverage and rush the passer. Yeah. I mean, he's a he's a special, special player. Yeah. But it's you're right. Amazing. They got to get yeah. they got to get it done. They, they, have, they have to get, to get, it, get done. it done. And I know Drew Aller, yeah. you know, he's a new quarterback, yeah. mm-hmm. but lean on the running game, make a few plays. Like I said, yeah. the defense. They have King in the secondary. Yeah. They're always solid in the secondary. Mm-hmm. Look, it's put up a sh- it's put up a shut up time. It really is. 
Yeah. Especially with you have Michigan and JJ McCarthy, mm-hmm. you know, coming in. Uh Styles made fights. That's the beautiful thing about that trio. Yeah. I think Mich- Michigan is a tough matchup for Penn State. Yeah. Because of their style. Yep. And then Penn State is a tough matchup for Ohio State. And it makes for three different games when they face each other. Yeah. We'll yeah. see who comes out of that East. I think it's <laughs> going to be very intriguing. Very yeah, it intriguing. really is. Because you mentioned, you mentioned the styles. Um, you know, Ohio State and Penn State are built similarly. Um, but I think Ohio State's further along on the defensive side. But they were built to, you know, go against Ohio State is how this yeah. team was, was constructed. Yeah, Michigan is a um, is a different animal, man. They yeah. they are they're playing at a <laughs> they're playing the game at a different level right now, and when you can control the line of scrimmage, that that's half the battle. Now you know they'll be ha- they'll have a couple of different head coaches <laughs> in the first three games, but yeah. not that it's going to really matter. Um, you know, it's a it's a storyline, but I don't think it's going to be much of anything because at the end of the day, Harbaugh is with the team during the week. And he's not there on Saturdays. I'm not going to minimize that, but, um, you know, it still is a big deal. And I think, you know, having Sharon Moore out as well, uh, the offensive line coach and the uh, offense coordinator uh, will be a big part of it because he's done a great job with that uh, with that old line uh, since he's gotten there. So they've got some work to do, but this is still these are some games that uh, Michigan should be able to take care of uh, pretty easily. Stepping outside of Big Ten, I, I'm, I'm intrigued because you know this is a year of transition, moving from uh, moving to expansion next year mm-hmm. in the CFP. Yep. Uh, the transfer portal, the additions of USC, UCLA uh, to the Big Ten. Uh, look, it's Armageddon right now. College football is in such a volatile place. We don't know how it's going to look this year. We don't have no don't know how it's going to look next year. What do you think at the end of this year? What do you think is going to be the overall narrative for what is a, a, a college football season of chaos right now? As I see it, yeah, I, I think I, I think we're moving closer and closer uh, to to it being very clear the haves and have nots. Mm-hmm. Um, you think about the addition, you know, also of Washington, who's playing really well, Oregon, uh, to the Big Ten. You look at, you know, just this morning, um, the ACC uh, has decided yeah. to to go with Cal and Stanford and SMU, and 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 I don't think that people may not understand this. SMU has decided for the next nine years, I believe. We will not take any revenue from the conference. No revenue that they're going to be receiving. So the tears are two things, right? They've got some deep pockets down there. Some you, right? They got some deep pockets. And you look at Cal and Stanford uh, as well. I think they're only going to be taking third. Or they're only going to be getting thirty percent of it. So, well, I think what you have, what's happened, is Florida State, Clemson have really won that fight. And you could throw Miami in, into that as well because they wanted more of the pie. It was similar to, to the Big 12 when Texas was getting all the money. Uh, and they were like, well, we're the draw. Texas and Oklahoma, we want to get right. paid. 
Um, so they're going to a revenue sharing model uh, in the ACC, which is going to incentivize teams. You'll essentially get a bonus if, if you get to the, the ACC championship game, you get to the, you make the playoffs. There are going to be different different bonuses there. But this is um, it, it's crazy, man. It's just, you know, and I know they talk about the student athletes and you talk about money and and all the things that are going on. And it, it's just so much money that's that's out there that uh, you can you can uh, argue with Harbaugh. You can like him or dislike him. But, you know, he continues to talk about revenue sharing uh, with players. Uh, and I think that's that's going to be the next step. Right. Is. These yeah. TV deals are going to continue to get get larger because I think the other thing that's important too, right? You, we can talk about, okay, you're going to get 20 teams. You're going to go to 22, 24 teams. At some point, uh, there's diminished returns. It's, well, you can have 24 teams, but at some point, that network wants to know, well, what are we making out of this? What are we making out of this? Yeah. How are we making, what are we going to make some money here? Yeah. And, um, you know, I think we're we're pretty close right now. I think Fox would tell you that that they're very close. You know, and schools will as well because think about this: for them to vote, if we look at Big Ten schools or the SEC to bring more teams in, means you have to share more of your revenue that you're getting right now. It doesn't automatically mean that that uh, your network partners are throwing more money into the pot. You may be losing some money or having to give up some money to bring some other programs in. And, and quite frankly, there's probably at this point, maybe one program that's out there that everybody would say yay to, but that's going to bring in more revenue, help bring in the bottom line. And yeah. that's not the deal that Notre Dame wants or Notre Dame needs. So, no. you know, they're going to continue to to have their independence and move forward and Everyone else out there is really scrambling, trying to find out how they are going to continue to to be able to garner some of this uh, network money that's out there. But it's not a lot left after you look at what the Big Ten and SEC uh, have done at this point. And now you have the ACC. So some of these other conferences that are still intact can't expect to get some of the revenue that um, that's out there right now. He's the best in the business. That's why we have him on. He's Howard Griffin. <laughs> you mentioned, hey, on the way out, you yeah. talk about Notre Dame staying mm-hmm. independent. Yeah. Jack Swarbrick leaves, Pete Bavacqua comes in, and mm-hmm. you talk about the haves and the have-nots. Mm-hmm. When Notre Dame finally start acting like a have, because they <laughs> are a have, but when it comes to the NIL space and other things that are happening, they kind of act like, oh, well, you know, we really don't want to get into it. Eventually, Pete Bavacqua coming on, with his, his experience with the connection to the networks and what he's done with the PGA Tour. <laughs> interesting, right? An interesting person to be the next athletic director, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so Absolutely. You can, but I'll tell you the other thing that's happening here, guys. Um, you know, Ohio State is having a problem, right? Oregon is having, all these schools are having problems with NIL. And, and part of the problem is, there are some schools out there that are recruiting players and then pr- making the promises. They're giving them that NIL money. Yes. And that's not, that's not, you know, really the way it was supposed to be. And so you'll see guys that'll go from, you know, a Notre Dame to Oregon, to a USC, 
you know, they're, they want to be shown the money. And, you know, that's not the way it, it should have been set up. And it wasn't because it's the wild, wild west right now. So if you have the means, you have to get involved in the game if that's what you want to do. And, you know, it, it's it's not pretty. It, it really isn't. I mean, because you you have young people that say, OK, well, how much are you going to pay me? I mean, that's where the conversation started. What what can you offer me? And um, it, it's it's not where this game and NIL was supposed to be. Again, it's it's probably the collective uh, that's really been the issue. And then the other thing is this. Uh, I, I would say this, like Ohio State, if you look in the Big Ten Conference as, as, as well as Ohio State has done in, in all athletics, their football building may be one of the worst in the conference. Probably the only one that's not, but it's better than maybe Rutgers because they're still in a stadium. Uh, wait a minute. Maybe- wait, wait. Say that Say that again. I, I want to make sure we get clarity with this. <laughs> this, this uh, their indoor facility at Ohio State is one of the worst in the conference. It really wow. is. I mean, I mean, they've got bells and whistles, but it's only so much. This is an old, old building. They're landlocked. Gotcha. Um, so their challenge is we tear this thing down. Where are we going? But I think gotcha. the other challenge is this. I mean, the donors are like, well, we need to make sure that you, you getting all the players you're getting right. <laughs> we would rather see the money go there to than two facilities. And I think that's the that's the next step. Donors are sitting there saying, well, shoot, we can continue to put money into NIL deals and do it that way so we can ensure that we keep the best players or we can go out and get the players as opposed to, you know, being able to put up, you know, new facilities because like I said, Rutgers, um, and that's because they're they're in a stadium. Wisconsin probably because they're in a stadium. But you look at Illinois, you look at Purdue, you look at Iowa, you look at mm-hmm. Northwestern. All of these facilities are are light years ahead of where Ohio State is. And again, Ohio State's still getting the players, and and they're winning the games outside of the Michigan game. They're winning and recruiting at a high level. So their mindset could very easily be, well, why do we need to go spend? two, three hundred million dollars on an indoor facility or a new facility, is it really going to help us? What's it going to help us do? And we've seen that it really doesn't help. It, help, it helps the day to day for the yeah. for the student athletes that are on campus, the coaches. But it, it's not going to change the trajectory of what your program is and how your program is going to operate and whether or not you're going to be able to get uh, the number one or the number two running back. They're not coming because of your facilities. Man, I'm telling you, I see choppy waters ahead, and I see why Jack, Gene, <laughs> and these, these veteran yeah. ADs, I yeah. see why they're saying, you know what? I'm, I'm, yeah, it's time for me to spend more time with the family. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's I, I'm not, I understand now because, like, what you just pointed out, this is a trick, man. When you're dealing with having to deal with the money, the amount of money, the changes and rules, and you mm-hmm. have to deal with the alumni. Yeah. And the head coaches. This is uh, this is a much different world uh, than I think, you know, you t- you mentioned those two have had to deal with and, and quite frankly, want to deal with most likely uh, at this particular point in their careers. Absolutely. Once again, Lucky Nothing Podcast, we thank Howard Griffin from the Big Ten Network for joining us. Are you are you on the pregame show? Yeah, I'm on tailgate. Uh, yeah, I'm on tailgate tomorrow. So we'll get things going. Uh, excited to really, you know, see what Ohio State because they got so many questions. I really, 
because um, it's a team I really like. Uh, but they've got a lot of questions. Looking forward to seeing some of that. Looking forward to seeing Purdue uh, open up. There are a lot of good storylines um, in the conference this year. But uh-huh. I think the, the biggest thing is that the West is wide open. And I think if you look at the East, you've got Michigan, Ohio, uh, Michigan, Penn State, uh, Ohio State, and then you got Maryland and Michigan State trying to who's going to move into that that fourth and fifth spot. And then yeah. Indiana is sitting there and Rutgers is sitting there as well, trying to uh, really put some seasons, put a good season together. Hey, stay safe, big bro. You and the family, man. We appreciate you guys. And uh, tell my boy, <laughs> open up that pipeline from Chicago <laughs> down 57. Hey, that's what he's hey, that's what he's there for. That's, that's right. Things happen. That's right. Guys, so that's we right. See if he can get stuff going. I tap in at all the Catholics. Yeah, there you Ignatius, go. Ignatius, <laughs> straight down. Get them down there. Absolutely, yeah. man. Howard First step Griffin. is getting them on campus. They get them on campus, they got to share. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 was, uh, I was telling some people, I'm like, man, can we uh, can we uh, get Justin Scott, Darian Dupree? I know they committed to other places, but... Uh... Hey, I mean, you, you couldn't have told me Scott wasn't going there. To know today. Oh well, that's a, uh, once again, we're gonna try to steer away from things that are gonna bring the fan base down. Please oh, don't. I'm gonna tell you what. Hey, hey, Coach Rudolph is the real deal. I told you this when they hired an offensive line you did. coach. You did. That you did. dude is the real deal, and I think he's gonna be a huge. He's, he already has been. He's gonna continue to be a huge addition uh, for Notre Dame. I think. The ma- he will show dividends against Ohio State, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, yeah. Because he, he, he knows he's what he's faced doing. Them, as he's yeah. faced them. He knows Howard what he's Griffin, doing. we're going to have you back on, bro. I'm going to tap in with you this weekend, too. Okay. All right. Sounds good, man. Y'all be good. All right. Once again, Howard Griffin, Big Ten Network right here on the Lucky Lefty Podcast. You can watch him on the Big Ten Network pregame shows tomorrow morning with Nicole Arbach and Dave Refson, if I'm not mistaken. A uh, fabulous, fabulous show. Let me tell you something, man. Um, that was a great interview. Uh, we span Notre Dame um, from Navy and going up against Ohio State and Jared Parker and the NIL and big time in the West of the Big Ten and James Franklin and Ohio State. And very interesting what he said about the facility, the indoor facility at Ohio State. I would not have thought that. I would not have thought that there. I knew it was an older building, but I did not expect it to be um, that far behind. So Ohio State, obviously, like you said, these big time programs. And last night, Jaden Rashada, right, who you know because of Drew Pine being injured. It's the start of the true freshman. He is a perfect example of the failures of NIL. I mean, he was at Miami. The relationship NIL fell through. He was at Florida. Man, could Florida have used him last night? Relationship NIL fell through. He goes back. He is up at Arizona State. Arizona State gets a 24-21 win, and he stars with two touchdowns last night as a true freshman. So, that is today's football, right? Dante Moore and what's going on with him at UCLA and, and him not getting what he was promised, supposedly from UCLA. That is absolutely 
something that I think Jack Swarbrick and Gene Smith, they they see the writing on the wall. And they say to themselves, we don't want to be part of this, man. This, this is about to get sloppy. And that's why when Jack Swarbrick did this interview prior to the Navy game, he, he just flat out admitted and said he was part of the problem, that they ruined college football. They ruined college football. They made some bad decisions over the last four or five years trying to save the older model. And it just made things worse instead of just admitting where things were evolving to. You know, so Malik gave us his three keys. He gave me his prediction. Malik has Notre Dame 52, Tennessee State 17. Notre Dame 52, Tennessee State 17. And I have a clean game. I have Notre Dame 45 to 3. Notre Dame 45 to 3 against Tennessee State. Uh, should be a great game. Great weekend of football. <clears throat> I'm looking forward to seeing these three players. There are three players I'm looking forward to watching the most this weekend. One is Shadur Sanders. I want to see if he can be that anchor and that rock for that Colorado program at the quarterback position. Very interested in watching that young man. Then I'm interested in watching both quarterbacks from LSU and Florida State. Both. Both quarterbacks from Florida State and LSU. I really think both of those young men have an opportunity to have seasons that were far greater than what they had last year. And Malik loves Jaden Daniels. and really thinks he can elevate LSU to good things this year. And last but not least, man, I'm looking forward to seeing Drake May go up against South Carolina. I really am. I really am. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Great show. Thank you to Howard Griffith. Thank you to Left. He's down at Bowling Green on the road, getting ready to cover Western Kentucky. And um, on CBS Sports tomorrow. Yes, the Western Kentucky game. And uh, we thank you guys. You know what time it is. It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing. Are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's petty historic Petty Junction? Petty Junction, Petty Story today, brought to you by Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com, that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. Yo, <laughs> Jerry Reinsdorf, hey, the absolute worst press conference to introduce a new general manager on yesterday. Um, to get the fact that 
He said he put a list together of candidates, but he only interviewed one of those people. Not only did he say that, he said his reason for hiring from within is because he wanted to win next year and didn't want to waste a year of someone having to get to know the organization, Jerry Reinsdorf. It's 2023. Don't you know that every major league organization has scouted the entire organization of every team? This is not the 70s and the 80s what scouts are doing everything by paperwork and holding these big folders. Every other team in Major League Baseball knows your minor league system from start to finish. They know the players. They've scouted the players. Good gracious, man. Save us if there are sports gods that have grace. Save us, White Sox fans. Please save us. We're in bad shape. And then throw Minnesota and Wisconsin, Minnesota and uh, Nebraska on the petty train. Because that was awful football. Awful football. Special teams at Florida. How do you have two number threes? on the field at the same time. How? How? Just awful. Awful. Just so much sloppy football last night. I hope Saturday is a little bit different than week one. Thank you guys. Lock in. We'll see you guys for the post-game show. As I said before, CBS Sports Network, Malik on the call. Who is, matter of fact, let me see who Western Kentucky is playing. So I can get it to you guys. That's right, they're playing South Florida. Western Kentucky is playing South Florida tomorrow. Malik has the call on CBS Sports. All right? So, for left and our special guest Howard Griffith, we hope you enjoyed the show. CFB Nation brought to you by Twisted Tea. Have a great Friday. Enjoy the game tomorrow. We've been it different. You should do it too.